So we're back here once again with another episode of the Iron Man podcast, episode 114, with half of the Pale Rider, actually, with yes. Laurie Calcaterra, actually. Close, Calcaterra. <laughs> Calcaterra. Almost yeah. had it. Oh my God. It's close. close. I know it's <laughs> it's long. So it's like intimidating because the name is long, but it's just, mm-hmm. it's, thank God it's phonetic. My maiden name was was Polish, like 100% Polish with S's and Z's next to, oh man, it was, no one could say it. So this is actually an improvement. Same amount of letters, but. <laughs> <laughs> so as I do with all my one-on-one gifts, tell the audience something you would like them to know right out the gate. About me? Yes. I'm Lori Calcaterra, writer, creator of the Western Apocalypse series Uh called Path of the Pale Rider. I come from a background of martial arts, kickassery, and um, yeah, (laughs) got into comics through that. Kickassery. Kickassery with um, (laughs) choreographing fight scenes for a production company when when they asked me to write things for them, which Mm -hmm. then turned into this. It's weird how things happen sometimes. Mm-hmm. All right, so we'll start there. So, how was your how what was like your origin story? Had an easy life growing up, middle class life, hard <laughs> life. I uh yeah, um not too hard, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh grew up in Michigan in the suburbs of Detroit, which is not what you think. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. suburbia. Um went to college, graduated with an art degree, I have a bachelor of fine arts and a minor in music, which um I've never used, which is great. Uh, went into finance, started working for banking and finances, ended up working for a company in uh, Michigan called Millennium Business Systems that does copy machines, um, moved to Texas in 2019. This is the same time where uh, I was doing the production company, the choreographing fight scenes and uh, managing the fight team, um, wrote the script for Path of the Pale Rider as a full-length movie in 2018. Um, that information is key because when we start talking about the story, it's going to remind you of 2020, but I wrote all this two years prior to, so keep that in mind. <laughs> I, was yeah, like, so panic. I wanted to uh, uh, title something you just said there, which was, it was supposed to be a full length movie. Yes. So was it something that panned out to be basically, they didn't want to take your script because they didn't have any faith in it or was it something on your end? Actually? I did not pitch it to Netflix. That mean, um, when I was letting people read it from like production and I, um, I know someone who's in animation with Fox uh-huh. studios and let them read the script. And it was very apparent that I would fit with somewhere like a Netflix with a big budget. Um, cause the story is really big. However, uh, you have to have a literary agent and, You know, the more research I did about pitching to Netflix, it's not an easy task. Um, They get like 800 scripts a day. And and it's like you kind of said, as a new writer, what would even make them look at me? You know what I mean? So um, plus, I was too afraid of losing creative control. Um, A lot of times you hear horror stories. I'm also friends with some ghost writers in Hollywood. And they bring them in. Connections. Okay. What's that? You have connections, actually. I do. I do. I, I have friends that, that do this for a living, right? And What's the old thing? I have friends in high places. Yeah. <laughs> it's not high enough, apparently, because Path of the Pole Rider is not on the big screen. And that's and that's okay. Um, 
you know, but they bring her in to like doctor a script, but they only have her doctor less than 25%. So they don't have to give her credit. You see what I mean? So they do things in a, in a way where they don't have to pay people a lot of money or they change the script. So that way it doesn't even resemble your project anymore. Um, I, I wasn't willing to give up my creative control. I have too many fun things planned. And so when my husband read it, he was like, this, okay. this is a comic book. And we were reading a lot of um, Robert Kirkman and like Image Comics, Walking Dead, Invincible, East of West, uh, uh, Fables, um, The Watchmen. I mean, like Saga, Black Science, da, 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 right? Image Comics is where we were. So um, we were used to, to reading that kind of story through image. And so, you know, when he suggested that it was a comic book, um, we started looking into what we would do to turn it into a comic book. That was about 2020, um, the beginning of the year, and um, got a couple artists on board. And then the pandemic hit real hard and everything crashed and burned, literally crashed. Uh, one of my artists had a freaking tree fall on his house hey pops what's up man um <laughs> hey, pops how you doing man so things things stopped uh i took a year off and i decided if if it was meant to be that i would meet the right artist and that we would move forward but i wasn't going to just jump into another artist writer relationship without being absolutely sure so i was patient mm -hmm. and i had a couple opportunities with artists and it just didn't feel right until I met Marco DeFillo in January of 2022. Mm -hmm. um, and he and I met in a Facebook group called C Connecting Writers, Connecting Comic Book Writers and Artists, I believe is the full name. And uh, he, would already, he was already working on a post-apocalyptic story about Hawaii called Mauka, mm -hmm. which that's what caught my eye. Um, him and I had a couple conversations and then he drew... Um, my main character, Jude St. Clair, who is a cow like an apocalyptic cowboy, was like, this is it. This is my character. Um, and we move forward from there. We published our first book in Jan uh, July of two th like, July of 2022. So um, we've really only been publishing books for just over a year. Um, but we're all the way up to issue number four at this point. We just keep working. Right. So. It kind of tells you our, our history there. Marco and I are both in Texas. Um, I'm an hour north of Dallas, and he's in, like, Arlington area. So it just worked out that we were uh, close by each other as well. Because, really, he could have been anywhere in the world. Um, but since we're close by, we can see each other. We signed books together. We're going to a Comic-Con this weekend together in Arlington. So it worked out. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... Let's dive into all that. Yeah. Unlaid, unpacked it. So <laughs> you had an idea for yes. a full-length feature film. You didn't feel confident in pitching it to Netflix because you felt like you were going to lose creative control. Around this time period, you and your husband brainstorm that this could be better as a comic book. You could keep yes. full creative control. And you could just tell the story you want to tell without interference of an executive coming in and being like, Hey, we're going to need some pronouns here. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Right. right? <laughs> or you need to tackle this or you need more female or more male characters. Right. It just, right. Uh, it can get there when there's too many cooks in the kitchen, it mm -hmm. can very quickly become something other than what you intended. Right. And then it's also cooks in the kitchen that aren't even cooks themselves. They just, right. It's a, like, it's a, you're a mechanic. What are you doing in the yeah. kitchen? 
<laughs> yeah. Or it's a person that I've realized is it's a person in a suit just being a person in a suit. They don't actually know what they're talking about. It's just the way that Hollywood and American business, yes. as you probably realized over the years of growing up, is like in American business, what I've realized is people kind of just want to look the part because they feel like that's what you should be doing. You know, all business try to play on your right. feelings. Like we're a family. All hail. Oh God. Don't pull that yeah. card. Either that or they're so, trying to follow like a formula. Like if you want to mm -hmm. be successful, you need to have one, two, three, four different items. And it's like, well, then mm -hmm. it's cookie cutter to everything else that's out there. And we're different, right? Mm -hmm. The whole point is to be something different and good so mm -hmm. that people come see it. But that's the hard part. If it, um, you know, a lot of times Hollywood is selling like name recognition, even if the thing is nothing like the thing, for example, mm -hmm. World War Z, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with that, with that um, book and movie, but they are nothing alike. I saw the movie um, actually. I couldn't right? really get through so, it. It got, I was a Brad Pitt, right? So it, yes. it, I got to a point where I watched it finally. And I was like, this is just not good. It's just <laughs> not that, I mean, they're both their own thing. But they're hmm. banking on the name recognition and that people will go see it because they enjoyed the book. But when you watch the movie, it has it's like the main they use the name of the main character and like the way that their zombies work. But the story is none of it's the same. Hmm. Um, so that's that's what they do. So that again, that's kind of like why I was like, well, I'm not ready for that. Um, hmm. But it's also it was a great way for me to like build an audience and do some of these other shenanigans that um, people get to play along with um, because we don't just write a comic book. We have a whole fan interactive segment of what we do, which is mm. different. Okay. So looking at what you just said there, building an audience, I'm pretty sure because you're not really involved in all drama things and me neither. I'm not, I'm just going to ask your opinion on, on just someone with like the outside looking into this stuff, mm -hmm. which is what do you think is a core problem of all these creators going back and forth in this like iron age that, you know, it's more like an independent focused thing right now going on. Uh, elaborate. What do you look? So like, okay. why would you think most people would go back and forth on their creative ideas and the criticism leans more into a, Hey, I now I hate this person because they're criticizing my work. That's kind of what it's been building up to. You know what though? <laughs> With all the internet, everybody has a way of sharing their opinion. And mm -hmm. um, the, the best thing about being an independent creator is that you can put your work out there and you can let people see it and they get to know you and they get, you know, you grow your audience. The other side of that coin is people get to see you and they might not like what you're doing, right? Then they can mm -hmm. go on social media and say that they don't like you for X, Y, Z. Happens all the time. Uh, my best, you know, advice for that is just like, you know, brush it off. Um, keep going um, and continue doing what you're doing. If you're passionate about what you're doing, it shows and people, you will find your people. Um, you're not going to be for everybody. We're not for everybody. Um, mm -hmm. But we check off a lot of boxes and we have a lot of fun. So I think is if you continue to be creative and positive and have a good experience and keep providing an excellent product, um, right. people will come along and they will continue to return. I think that I answer also, the question. <laughs> no, you're, that, that's okay. a good one because All I right. think people have to realize building an audience just takes time. As you probably don't know this it story, does. but I, uh, I've, been doing this, I've been doing this since 2015. I had another YouTube channel that YouTube yeeted because reasons, right? 
So oh, I ended up having to rebrand to my second YouTube channel to my main one. And people saw the audience that I had there. It's a small audience. It's not like big. But what I'm trying to say to people is it took me a while just to get that. There's like 20, 25 people that like what I'm doing. I don't, right. I don't get where people think you're just going to get an audience just like that. Then that would only happen to like exceptions to the rules kind of thing. Like you, you'd be like a top 1% to put out a book and you get like a massive amount of people following it. But in reality, but, like me and usually you, when that happens, that one person, right? Again, <laughs> you have a built-in audience, like you're a celebrity. Like for example, Keanu Reeves did the Berserker, right? But Heard he's that, Keanu yeah. Reeves, and that's why he got. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that happens all the time. Like um, mm -hmm. Sylvester Stallone has one. Um, mm -hmm. A bunch, a bunch of celebrities are now doing comic books, and they come Kickstarter the same way that we do. And they get, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, but they have a built-in audience. You know, if no one knew who Keanu Reeves was, Berserker would have done who knows what, nothing. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because right. the idea is there, but without that name attached, there's no recognition. Um, so that is part of the hard part is building the audience. And it does take time. Um, I had a wonderful creator named Madeline uh, Holly Rosing on on my podcast, which is on Tuesdays. It's called the Tuesday mm -hmm. Morning Brew on the Madness Comic Network channel, which is who popped into our comments mm -hmm. there, our chat. And um, she's making like 25000 a Kickstarter these days. But she's been writing this it's series crazy. for 10 years. So she's built up a following and people like what she does. She does this historical, uh, like magical, um, steampunk detective mm -hmm. mystery. It's so cool. It's so niche. Uh, she has like real people in it, like Nikola Tesla and um, Edison, and you know what I mean. So her characters interact with like real people from history, and uh, you know, seeing someone do that and have them on my show. My question was, how do I get from where I am to where you are? And her answer was exactly that. It's time. Um, you just have to continue producing a good product mm -hmm. and getting your name out there. And the longer you do it, it gives people the opportunity to find you. Yeah, I think people have to understand that the end result of you seeing her get to where she's been at, that's the end result of years and years of work. That's not yeah. just, I did one that's book not and immediate. I had this happen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's what people in indie need to keep in mind. It takes um, time. It doesn't, it's, it's just the time. It's the time to build up the audience and have people find you. And of course, as the time is going on, you're building your, mm -hmm. uh, your, your repertoire as well, your, your um, inventory, your issues, you know what I mean? So time goes on, I have, you know, now that we're at four and then we're going to do a trade paperback and then we keep going. Um, so you know, hopefully the people that are with us or the, on the path, <laughs> the writers mm -hmm. on the path, that's what they call yeah. themselves, are going to continue <laughs> to come back because the story and the art are are great and the experience is, is unique. Um, but hopefully we find more people along the way so we just grow. At least that's also, what I hope for. So another mm -hmm. thing you mentioned there too, which is uh, I wish people would understand concepts because I feel like people conflate so many concepts with one thing, but they're really talking about several different things actually yeah but and then they kind of merge them all the one it's like no no no. each thing you're talking about is super separate like just the idea of marketing your own stuff by yourself is very hard if you don't know how to do yes. that or yeah actually being i'll say media trained because that's 
not a ton of people like, but like being able to talk like you're doing, you know, you're just talking and you're just being yourself. Mm-hmm. I what I noticed a lot of people, even some I've had on these shows, can't really do that properly. They're still kind of learning how to properly speak about things that they're passionate about, you know? They'll give like yeah. maybe one word answers or they're like right. hesitant on answering because they don't want to kind of come off edgy, you know, just being more open and more passionate about just things you like will get people to honestly like your stuff actually. Right. And that for me was just experience. Um, um mm-hmm. The ver- very first Kickstarter campaign we did, I hired a publicist to help. And that's probably one of the best things I did is because he put me in front of 30 podcasts that I didn't even know existed. Um, and at first, and like, I go back and I watch some of these interviews and it's so cringy. You know what I mean? Like I was nervous, um, to the point where they'd ask me a question. I was answering something else. Um, you know, and it's just like, it was just all over the place. And then, you know, as you do more and more, you relax into it and you get more familiar with like pitching and talking about your Mm -hmm. project and explaining how all the inner, you know, it's just time and experience. So the more you do, the better you get at it. Um, and you know more relaxed you get too. So it's always good experience. Yeah. We'll pivot right now to your uh, Kickstarter campaign before we go back to talking. And we have your path of the pale writer issue number four. So I'll ask you this as I do all these people I have on here. So two things. First thing is for us. Do you have your own website where people could just buy the book just straight outright or any back issues before issue number four? I do. Um, It's just www paththepalewriter.com i'll drop it in the chat um that's a great place if we're not campaigning to go pick up previous issues we also have some merch like the t-shirts the the keychains i have koozies i had hot sauce but it's gone it's like <laughs> there was a run on the hot sauce recently i had um like 10 bottles left and they're all sold out i did a, a comic con this weekend and i visited a store and they discovered how good it was and it's gone it's gone Hot sauce um, is overrated. Just saying, people. <laughs> <laughs> um, people really love the hot sauce. Now, I I tend to make it medium, and it, it actually tastes good. Like it has mm-hmm. a barbecue base, and then I put uh, ghost peppers in it. So it's not really You're all to about kill me. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I can eat it, you can eat it because I don't oh, like really God. hot things. I still want to mm-hmm. taste my food, but I mean, like I have I have one like bottle left right here which i keep for myself (laughs) so um it is it is good sauce so but yeah um there's a lot of good stuff on the website if you if we're not campaigning and uh we have our history like uh the previous campaigns that we've done what we've made you know previous like uh funko pops that we run and like the thank you pages and um all the artist bios and some of the art that we've done it's all there Mm -hmm. but you know what um, it's all on this Kickstarter page too. Um, all the the extra shenanigans are at the bottom, like the the riddles that we do. Um, I'm getting there. It's just you know scrolling. So we do riddles on the back of every cover. Those are on the Kickstarter, and we do short films for every single issue. And so all you know, we're working on number four right now, but issue you know the first three that we are have completed are here as well. So there's all sorts of stuff to do that interact with right on the Kickstarter page, which is a lot of fun. Um, I have the craziest um, welcome video on Kickstarter. I guarantee it. Oh, I love no, I absolutely love how you're all well put together because I, I think <laughs> um, people underestimate like what I mentioned that to them. Put together, I mean, is what you have. Not just campaigns and 
and all that stuff. Just having your own website, having a way where you can show people how detailed you are. Because I think people forget being as detailed as you are could be the difference maker in getting five more backers to getting nobody. Because you know the comfortability yeah. of being able to just go to like just use Amazon, for example. They have everything put together for you to just buy whatever you want. And you know you're shipping confirmation and you're getting that product, right? right? You have that security, unlike other people, where you can give people that insurance policy that you're going to be here. This is a legitimate thing you're doing. Oh, yeah. Whereas other people don't have that. I think that's what kind of also separates people is being secure and having a layout that you can give your customers that comfortability versus being like, hey, I'm a random Joe Blow and my book is here. It's a lot different there. Yeah, yeah. And um. Again, that comes with experience being an indie creator as well. There are some indie, you know, there's been some unfortunate situations where people just come out of the blue and they do a Kickstarter and you never hear from them again. Um, you always yeah. want to go and look at the history of the creator and you can see like for me, I've created four. Um, you can go look at all the other Kickstarters. Like if you just Google Path of or Google, if you go to Kickstarter and you search Path of the Pale Rider, you'll see what we've done in the past and you'll see that they're all fulfilled. Um, and there's all sorts of good stuff. So you can do your research on the creator, uh, before you even go back the, the project. So that's what I recommend. Um, so you can make sure that you're guaranteed to get your things. Cause really also, that's what it's about. I think I mentioned is giving an audience and building one, you know, what they want and has you been able to do, you've been able to give an audience what they want, you've been able to build one. Where people, even from your campaign, as you has your uh, pledge number right there, you know how people have their pledge numbers and they like kind of reach them, but they feel like they deserve more. And that, there's two things I want to tell people. One, no one owes you anything. That's just how this works in general. That's how life works. Right. No one owes you jack shit. And Correct. if you do get people that give you money for your product and they want to see you succeed and you get however many people you get, there are people out there that I've seen that don't, that don't even have their campaigns funded. You know, it's people have to be levied with their expectations where they have to be humble and understand, Hey, this is kind of where I'm at. How do I build up that? So I'd imagine your older campaigns didn't hit these big giant numbers either. I imagine they probably hit like a certain medium sized number. How did you manage to build it over time? Did you just add in different perks? Did you add in different art for each book actually? Um, or you're just absolutely just a god, and I was wrong about everything I just said. <laughs> <laughs> our first project, uh, our this was our goal of four thousand five hundred and fifty. We had one hundred and seven backers, and we got fifty two fifty seven. Oh my god! Um, that was our very first one. Um, I think we just stand out. Our story is amazing. Um, our art is beautiful. Um, True. we do all True. sorts of shenanigans. We have. I, I, I like being that looks creative. <laughs> uh, what, this one? A little doll. That looks creepy. Oh, this one. This is uh, Ken Salinas. He's a local artist down here in Texas, has a huge following. He does this like voodoo doll style. Mm -hmm. And people eat it up. It, they love it. Um, such a cool guy. Um, All that cover looks really, amazing. really great. I like that right there. Yeah. Um, issue number two, we had 100 backers in 5143. Um, That's that's crazy because out of a hundred backers, you're getting like five K. That's it's that's insane. That is so good. I yeah, congratulations on your success. Thank that is you. crazy. Okay. Issue number three, we had 118 backers and 6285. Mm -hmm. So um it's they're they're all gonna be different. We're gonna go up, we're gonna go down, we're gonna go up again. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it it just depends on you know, I think really it's 
the economy and um, whether the saturation of Kickstarter is big or small at the moment. Because if there's a lot of really cool projects, people might not spend $100 with me. They might spend maybe $50 um, you know, or $20 because they want to spend right. it in other places. But uh, we're very lucky uh, that we continually get uh, people showing up and wanting to get some of the cooler stuff that we have. I mean, we have we have everything dollar amount wise. I mean, you can back a dollar. I've I actually have a couple guys in here for a dollar, which is great. Uh, they always make me laugh. But starting at five dollars is where you, you could start and actually get a PDF of issue sure. number four. Um, okay. And the cool thing is, is that I do these stretch goals that are incorporate everybody, even the digital backers. So like this one right here, um, we broke this at five thousand. And there's 15 additional PDFs of other comics. So now people get 16 comics for $5. That's incredible. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you're here in the United States. I have backers from the UK, um, Australia, Germany, mm -hmm. India. They're all over the world. And that's why I love these digital, these digital ones because shipping internationally is insane. I don't want to exactly. ship you. Uh, a, a $10 book for, and then $70 in shipping. Um, it's nuts. So I have right. that one and I have the digital catch up tier. This one's 15 bucks. So it's basically like first one is free and then you pay for two, three and four. Um, but cool. digitally, but this, this is for everybody. Um, I have, we just unlocked this, uh, koozie level. So all the physical backers get this. And then my next one that we're working towards is this slice and dice. So again, everybody can participate in this one. Um, it's an experience. I smash a pumpkin, um, being a martial artist, like last campaign, we did a watermelon. And what we did is I pulled the backers and the fans and they got to vote on what weapon I would use. And then they got to name the watermelon and they named him King Joffrey Baratheon because F that guy. Um, and I slashed and, and smashed that watermelon to smithereens. Um, and I did it on my live show, right? On a Tuesday, I dressed up as Pikachu because why not? And uh, we just had a blast. We were just silly and goofy and destroyed things. Um, someone else had suggested a soup can and a sock as a weapon. So I brought that bad boy out. And yeah, mm -hmm. that one had a good radius of destruction. So, you know what I mean? So we do fun stuff besides like, here's a sticker, here's a bookmark, but we still have that stuff too. You know what I mean? Um, if we get to 6,500, I have these awesome bookmarks that are handmade by myself. And if you look at them, it says POTPR, which is of course Path of the Pill Rider, but there's Morse code on here as well. And it means something. So even when we have bookmarks, there's a riddle in the bookmark. You see what I mean? Uh -huh. I'm so bad at riddles. Oh, I wouldn't have figured it out. All I got to do is Google Morse code and you can translate it. Trust oh, me. Oh, God. Reading? What? Reading? I got to <laughs> do stuff? No, you really don't. But here's the fun part is like you could read the, the comic. And again, you could just read this and you'll get the meat and potatoes. You'll get everything that you need to know about Path of the Pale Rider. If you want to do more, that's when these um, riddles and short films come into play. Mm -hmm. You can solve the riddles. They take you to someplace in the real world, either digital space. Let me get there. This one's like a digital space. This one, um, if you solve this one, you get something in the mail from one of my characters. So you get to interact with them like they're real. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And then 
the QR code scavenger hunt. This one's a ton of fun. You don't have to do anything except for scan it with your phone. And one of these is like found footage. You know what I mean? It's a hidden video. You cannot find it on my YouTube page. You can't search it. But when you find the right one, it's additional material, bonus material for Path of the Pale Rider. Um, it's it's incredible. really, it's up to you how far you want to take it. So it's incredible. Thank you. And for people that are watching, if you're not familiar with us, if you like stuff like Book of Eli, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, Walking Dead, and Cocaine Bear. Cocaine Bear. That's the yes. that's the icing on the cake right there is Cocaine yes. Bear. <laughs> I remember I wrote this in 2018. So our bear is called Big James. Um, he's been around since the beginning, you know, before <laughs> before Cocaine Bear. We were just lucky that Cocaine Bear came out. I'm trying to let it go. There's spoilers in there, so I don't want it to. Yeah. So our story is continual, you know what I mean? So after issue three, there's there's stuff that happens. And um, we pick up issue four where we left off, which um, is bad. It's been a bad day for Jude St. Clair and his family. So, And we also utilize American Sign Language as well. So he's making the sign for bullshit. But there's Big James, okay? But you can kind of see, like, what our interiors look like. That's issue two. We got a saloon brawl. Um, issue three, we jump back in time and you get to see the beginning. So let me go down here. Here's some of our variant covers for this issue. We'll go back to those, but like issue number one, we start 10 years into an apocalypse where death has been broken. So your body can die, but your soul, your energy doesn't leave your body upon death. So you're in it as it decays. Okay, so we have zombies, but they're not your typical flesh craving zombies. It's you, it's me, it's your neighbor, it's your mom. It's just you in your body as you decay. So like people can die and they remember you and they're friendly. But as their brain decays in their skull, they get forgetful, violent, mm -hmm. um, detached, uncare. You know, they just don't care. Um, it's kind of like being having dementia and fast forward you're just rotting and you're losing your humanity right i like that idea I like it a so lot. we're all stuck together people animals insects fish nothing can die nothing can die mm -hmm. correctly so jude st Clair is like the last cowboy still looking for the answer of why the dead no longer die and mm -hmm. then issue number two here's a good look at that one he goes to this town called santa claus which I think is hilarious. Um, All that cover looks so good. Thank you. There's a there's amazing covers in the, they're mm -hmm. all. I mean, like every time we do variant covers, I'm like, oh my gosh, these are the oh, most beautiful covers, yeah. right? And then we do the next issue, and I'm like, oh my gosh, these that are one the is cool too. Where he's at the table with the yeah, like the chips. The poker. That was great. Yeah, because it's like we played poker in this one. We had it's very much western in this one mm -hmm. with the poker game, brawl. The West looking down, um, Santa Claus is a real place in Arizona, mind you. Anyway, Jude <laughs> um, finds the guy he's looking for. It's this guy, the town drunk. So you can't really trust anything he says. But who knows what he knows? He never really gets to tell you because we dump you into the first day. So in this issue, Jude St. Clair is a young man. He's an EMT. 
And it's day one of the apocalypse where death has been broken. So you kind of get to see everything from him and his family's point of view. They're watching TV um, mm -hmm. as the news keeps one event after the other. Um, there's famine because, again, animals, it's they're affected too. So how can you butcher a cow that is still moving and pesticides don't work because they're undead and they're still eating? So we have a major food crisis, water crisis, um, this ever-growing population of undead people who are becoming chaotic. Uh, and then the government does what the government does and they overstep. So they create curfews and then they create technology to keep, you know, tell if you're living or dead. And then they separate us. So if you're undead, at the end of issue three, it is illegal for you to be in a living community. And they create a police force called the Undead Collection Unit. And we call them the collectors. And they just, they come disappear you. They show up at your house. There's an anonymous phone number that you can call, you know, to turn in your undead neighbor if you want to. And they show up and they pick you up and they take you to who knows where. I'm just blown away. This yeah. So okay. So there so you go. <laughs> so that's so issue well three. There's something major that happens at the end of issue three. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and then issue four, we pick up where we left off. You get to see um, what makes Jude St. Clair as determined as he is. He's on the path to figure out what broke death. And he has had major losses in the story that you've seen in the before but he just won't give up. So what is it that set him on this path? Well, you'll get to see in issue number four. Um, that brings me to this because like this variant cover by Lacey Kruger to me speaks of that. It's the end of an era. It's the death of normal and the birth of the new, mm. the new way forward, right? The living versus the dead. That's that's this issue very much. And you can see that in all of the covers. This one, it's like the undead. Well, it's real, uh, goosebump-ish, actually. Yeah, we've heard that. This yeah. one we heard like Peach Momoko. Um, and she's a comic book artist that um, likes to use watercolor techniques. So that's why we heard that. And this mm -hmm. one we heard Goosebumps. What was the other one? We've heard a couple different things. Um, Garbage Pail Kids was the other one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. And this is Lauren Gibson. She's one of the most interesting people I've ever met because like she's in school. Uh, she's an opera major. She has this studio called the Dark Arts because she does uh, blacklight art. She does right. these blacklight paintings and then she sculpts mushrooms. I've never seen anybody with a diverse resume as this lady. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so it's like tongue in cheek humor. They're having a barbecue. The kid can't even eat the hot dog. Dad's wearing an apron that says, hi, hungry, I'm dad. And then in the background is the collector's van. That's the van they disappear you in. So there's a few different layers of emotion built into this cover. So, And then, of course, we had to have a Western. So this is a William Russell cover. William Russell is really big in indie comics these days. Mm -hmm. um, and this is his uh, version of Jude St. Clair. And our big nasty bear, Big James, uh, in the background roaring with his torn out throat, which I'm sure would sound terrifying. Can you imagine? No, because I would. What that be would sound already, like? No, no, I would already be running away. I'd already be yeah. gone. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> and I mean, like, what can you do with an undead bear? It can run faster than you. It can climb trees. It can swim. There is no getting away from this giant bear. Jude Sinclair got lucky. You get a rope around its neck and you tame it. You make you make you it ride pet. it. You ride it into the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way you're winning. Other than that, you're just dead. You're just, no, nah, it'll just eat dead. you, dude. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, my fantasy didn't work out that way. Um, Darn. <laughs> I can see you're uh, really big into westerns. Actually, I love westerns. Um, mm -hmm. I grew up watching westerns with my dad. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of Clint Eastwood spaghetti westerns. There's a there's a movie called The Pale Rider, um, and our title has like kind of a double meaning because there's the movie Pale Rider, but then like the book of Revelation, when it talks about the apocalypse and the four horsemen of the apocalypse, mm -hmm. um, the last horseman, it's, the way that it reads is he who rides in on a pale horse and his name is death and behind him follows hell. So the fourth horseman is the pale rider is death. So this is very much about the path of death. Death is missing, and Jude is trying to figure out where the heck, what the heck happened, right? So we kind of tie those two together and created this. It's just something, you know, new and different. Um, yeah. All right. That's a lot to soak <laughs> in. That is unpacked a lot. So the other thing I would ask, okay, so you have the website, you have all your uh information public where anyone could obviously see that you're legit yeah what else do you think you need to improve on though you know everyone can improve on something what, what what else do you want to think you can do better on moving forward after this campaign um one thing that we're trying to do better is to move a little quicker um mm -hmm. we have been turning out an issue every six months um we're looking for well I think we figured something out. We brought in another team member last campaign. Um, so Marco DeFillo is the main artist who does the pencils and inks. Um, he did do the color on issue number two and it took mm -hmm. us a little bit. And then of course there's always some kind of monkey wrench that happens. So we were done within our deadline, but then like the printer had a major blowout and we had to wait for him to fix equipment. He had started printing our things and then it took like an extra month and a half. Right. For him to so that's unfortunately so I, just out, so out I want to ask you that because there's people that are gonna look at you and go man she just got it all together her husband yeah, no I mean like good. that's <laughs> so we want to go faster because that's one thing yeah. like that's feedback that I got from um a retailer that I trust and he was like your story is great your art is beautiful it's the six months that I think would hinder you from getting oh, you know more saying. fans because, because there's too much this, time Right. If you have this really big gap it. in people, they just kind of lose interest. And not even because he was bad. They like, no, I, I can understand what he's saying. We're in yeah. the TikTok age, right? We have a short attention span. It is not the same sure. as what it used to be, right? Right. Because, mm -hmm. you know, people will be all interested in one thing, but if there's such a huge gap between that and like the sequel or the next thing, yeah. there may not be the same return. And as you said before, you're not trying to see the same return on every single one because that's just impossible. But Correct. you'll notice the better return if it's a little bit more, if there's less of a gap there. But then again, to be fair, it's a printer and there's other things that you, there's right. so there's many things other, out of your control. Right. And mm -hmm. so unfortunately, we're kind of at the whim of other forces. But now that we brought Matt on, so what happened with like issue number two is Marco penciled and inked the whole thing. And then mm -hmm. he had to go back and he had to color all the pages. 
right? Mm -hmm. So now with Matt, so Marco, he will um, ink the pages and then he sends them to both of us because I letter, right? So mm -hmm. Matt's coloring and I'm lettering as Marco's moving on to the next pages. So we should be like a week behind Marco at all times. That's our completion, right? It should take us mm -hmm. a week and maybe less depending on how complex the pages are behind Marco. So when Marco finishes, let's say it takes him a month to finish, we should be a month and one week and it should be going to edit instead of right. four weeks and then an additional three weeks for Marco to, see what I mean? Mm -hmm. It just all adds on. And then of course yeah. it just depends on how busy the printer is. You know, um, if we have to do any edits, we always have to do edits, but hopefully they're not major edits. You know what I mean? It's like fix the spelling. Oh, we forgot to color this the wrong, you know, this is wrong. Um, you know, as long as it's not like Marco having to rearrange art, usually it's pretty quick to fix. Um, yeah. So we would like to turn out our goal next year is to do three books. And then with a long-term goal okay. of doing four books a year, we'd like to do one a quarter, but again, we're going to push as hard as we can. But the, the biggest part is have a good product. We are never going to rush a product out the door for time. We're going to mm -hmm. make sure it's the best version of itself before it goes to print. Right. That's the whole thing. And then we do, we're going to do other stuff like the, um, the trade paperback is next. Um, so basically once four is done the first, um, cause again, it was a full length movie. So we have like an act one and act two and an act mm -hmm. three and it's 12 issues long. So four, four issues per act. And um, so that trade paperback, the art's well, the art's all done after we finish four. It's just a matter of formatting it, and then we'll have to Kickstarter for the print job because it's thousands of dollars to print. <laughs> yeah, because that's I what I wanted to bring up to people is, is looking at the money that you can get from a fundraiser. People forget most of that money is like spoken for anyway. It's Printers, all gone. Artists, it's all gone. I pay right? two artists. Uh, a page rate and my artists are worth every single penny they get. They That's do true. beautiful yeah. art. Um, and they're not, they're not straight out of high school. You know what I mean? Like they've been around the block. Marco DeFillo has been published with image. Um, he's not a beginner. So he's he's, Joe blow smo. <laughs> correct. Um, so I like, and I this, have the budget here. Yeah. I can scroll down so people can see it. Oh, um, I want to ask you another thing on that, which is, um, this is going to be a big thing that, that I, don't, I don't know if you want to say this, but it's nothing bad. I think you never know. Cause I like throwing a curveball once in a while. I'm just kidding guys. It's jokes. Um, are you doing <laughs> this for a hobby or are you doing this to actually be some sort of a business where you can make a living off of actually, or do you have just a nine to five that you're comfortable with? Honestly, this is my job. I do this as a business already. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the whole thing is to get the story out there and see where it goes. Um, I would love to see it on the big screen, um, either as live action or animated, um, if we can get there. And if not, I am perfectly happy getting the story out there. Um, right. I just, I have this creativity in me and I know people want to share it. I know they want to read it. I know they want to experience it. Um, so I'm giving that, you know, um, would I like to make a paycheck from it? Absolutely. Have I yet? No, um, because we're still too new. Um, mm -hmm. Could I take a paycheck? I could, but I take the money. And even if we get extra, I turn around, we start working on the next one. Yeah. It's all about in this phase, just reinvesting what you get back Correct. into your business. 
It'd been the same way. You get another artist, actually. Maybe you could hire the artist that said superheroes are more of a gay thing now. No, don't do that. Quality <laughs> just tanks. I don't think they would fit with my project. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we prefer quality over here, not garbage. Quality. Right. We don't, we're not, I mean, we're not gimmicky. I mean, we have we have what we have, and people can appreciate it for what it is. And it's it's pretty kick-ass. Um, there, you know, go check it out for yourself. Absolutely. See if it works for you. If you like those things I mentioned, this is right mm -hmm. up your alley. But also, yeah, I wanted we're to pretty... mention the thing that you're going to bring up right here, yes. which is who's going to understand if, as you get older, people, everything costs money. As if like you yeah. swiping a credit card costs money. That just how it works. So everyone needs to know all the money that you're funding is going to basically. So, as everyone, I'll give an example here. So, the way you get books every week from a comic book shop. Is basically a lot of people handle that book until it gets to that product, to get to the shop where you can be on the shelf. Uh, if someone's doing it independently, there's a reason why these books come out in six months. Let's just say that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you usually have one artist. Um, when by the time you get it in the comic book store, it's already been completed and they've printed off, like they're getting big discounts on their printing because they're printing thousands of books. That's right. how they mm -hmm. get, um, you know, that's how you can get a $5 book. Um, because it costs them 30 cents to print it. It doesn't cost me 30 cents to print it because I'm not buying 5,000 copies of each And they issue. won't be giving you the best deals because you're just a newcomer as well. So they don't know if they can, Correct. you know. Right. So, I mean, if you look at this, the biggest cost to our, you know, to our comic book is art production. Because again, these artists are worth what they get paid. And I want to make sure that like this, Marco DeFillo, all he does is art. He doesn't have a nine to five. This is what he does. He gets paid mm -hmm. to make art. He's got a he's got a family. He's got to make his living. Yeah. Correct. So, um, and then the next biggest charge is our print charges. Cause again, I'm ordering for the Kickstarter and I'm, you know, making sure everybody gets their books. Um right. a lot of times I will overorder, but that comes out of my own pocket. Uh merch is another 16% because we do have some merch that is more expensive, like the fun co-pops are custom made. But um, when you buy those T-shirts, it's like that, that those are not cheap either. Um, but that's, you know, it's built into the the tier. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? But that's where that money is going. Four percent um, and four percent. That's the Kickstarter and credit card processing. So they take their money up front. So um, whatever money you see up there, Kickstarter takes like eight to 10 percent off of the top of that for themselves. I don't even see that money. And then, of course, shipping is usually about eight percent. So, um, I think last campaign I had an extra $150. Oh God. <laughs> we, 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 we take those. That's what the kids say nowadays. We take those. <laughs> right. I mean, that's a win for me because that means that all the expenses were paid. Um, right. it just, you know, there isn't a whole lot to, again, to be fair with that, you can get three going. months of DoorDash with that. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Nope. I just turned around. I paid it to Marco to fill it to start new pages. You know what I mean? Like that's yep. where the money mm -hmm. goes. And I'm mm -hmm. like, Hey, can you make me a new banner? This banner is, is phenomenal to the point where people asked if they could have this art. And I'm so sorry that this. If I had that on a cover art, right would, over his face. If I had that on a book that I would pay for, um, weekly on Wednesday, so everyone knows I, I buy my, I still buy modern books because you don't have a crack addiction. Something I'll play <laughs> later, which is, 
uh, now, if you don't notice, because I'm pretty sure you're not into modern stuff as much, but what they've been doing is the best variant art on whatever character you're trying to sell, both retailers have been selling them for triple the amount because they know that's the variant that everyone wants. So a recent one with a Captain or Shazam, it's like calm now, Shazam's okay. sister, the adopted one, Mary, her name is Mary. Mary There's a yeah. new one. Yeah, that variant right now is like 40 bucks. So people will pay money for art that looks really good. They will. Right. It's just something people. So if I had a cover like the one you had up there, I paid top dollar for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right that here. was you're you're not probably gonna make, you're probably not gonna make that one the first variant. That's gonna be like a special. Well, kind of it's the cover, different. Right? It's a different um proportion because mm -hmm. it was the way that he drew it. The proportion of this was intended for this space, so it doesn't Ooh. really tend. It wouldn't. You couldn't put it on a. Um, a freaking comic book page, it wouldn't go or it would cut off things like it would cut off the gun or cut off part of big James's face. So this was intended to be for social media, a banner. However, we are going to produce four by sixes. If anybody wants one, you can add it on for like a dollar. You know what I mean? Um, so there's, there's opportunities to get prints. We're going to do like pinups and there's other stuff. Like uh, there is an opportunity because out of the the variants, we have this like sketch cover option. You can get, I'm sorry, I'm trying to scroll over here. Here it is. So it says original sketch from Marco DeFillo. Oh. So for 200 bucks, you can get that sketch cover, but Marco will draw something original for you. So your very own Big James or Jude St. Clair or Pile of Zombies, whatever you want, he'll put on the sketch cover and it's a one of one. And that's it. Nobody else will have it. You guys have one of the best artists in the game. I like it. Absolutely. Why not and get a big James from guy who draws big James? That's See, what I'm you, saying. You don't get that kind of artwork in mainstream books. You don't. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, we got all sorts of cool stuff too. Like we're we're om we're about to unlock the next poker card too. You guys are so I thought it. of this. Holy What's shit. That? You guys no, you guys what? are just killing it. Holy gosh, actually. That's so yeah. crazy. Well, it's we got just... another like 11 days too. So there's potential for our sorts of stuff. So what I like mm -hmm. about Kickstarter is that you can custom make your own tier because mm -hmm. let's say you really like um, the William Russell cover. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll show off some more. Let's say you really like this one, but you mm -hmm. want to add a t-shirt because there's no t-shirt here. Well, you can add a t-shirt in the add-ons and we have a couple different ones to choose from this time around. And again, it's all about picking sides. So this one is no pulse, no rights. In other words, if you're dead, get out. We don't want you. You're dangerous. <laughs> peace, peace, goodbye. Um, or if you're a sympathizer, dead outside, still human inside. Um, in other words, people still have feelings no matter what. So there's a couple different options there you can add on. We have keychains. Um, we're producing uh, my hat. I'm going to be producing the same, very same thing for people. Um, we also have a choose your own adventure book. Um, you can add on signatures, any of the previous uh, issues. And we have metal covers available. We've been doing these really awesome metal covers um, since campaign number two. And they were going for $100. Um, I price dropped them. Because I know people are collecting these and they have the option of also adding on a metal cover for issue number one, which was not previously available. So I brought it down in price. So that way, if you wanted both of them, you can do both. 
Um, they're super shiny. I was like, let your inner raccoon out and collect this shiny, <laughs> amazing metal cover. <laughs> uh, so on we these, uh, you have a ketchup tier, don't you? Of course. It has a ketchup bottle. So you know where it is. You can get all of them. <laughs> ketchup bottle. I love it. I love ketchup. Ketchup. I mean, ketchup. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this gets you all four issues and all four PDFs. Um, if you love reading digitally, I do because it's um, portable. So if I'm in the mm -hmm. car, my husband's driving, I can read comics on my phone or on my tablet. Um, and you get it sooner, you know what I mean? Because as soon as it goes through edit and as it's going to the printer, that's when we email everybody the PDF so you can get it, you know, straight away. Um, and then when you get the physical, you could hold it and smell it and get that, you know, good experience. I could smell um, my comic books. Oh, yes. Oh, that's, yes. That's the joy. No reading, smelling yes. the book. You do. You have to do both. You have to enjoy it. You have to smell it. Trust me. Um, we have a choose your own adventure book too, which is awesome. It's mm -hmm. a 60 page manga sized book and um, it's partially illustrated and it has 99% nine guaranteed gruesome deaths crafted by yours truly. Um, you get to put on the hat and boots and walk around the apocalyptic West. You solve, uh, you do bounties is what mm -hmm. you do. And um, I kill you off pretty frequently. It's fun, though. But choose your own adventures are great, though, because if you die, you just go try again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I should have done okay. this. Go to page 12. Try that. Oh, nope. She killed me again. <laughs> so, my God, I, you already had everything I was going to ask anyway. You already have everything all put together. So, oh, dang. Gosh. Yeah. Right Right when I get paid, I'll be, I'll get you, uh, I'll buy issue number one. Hooray. Have it shipped out. I don't know. I'll, I'll see what if I like it, you know, see what we cool. got to do there. I, I've been needing up some different kind of things. What, what Westerns? Now, is he, he having like crazy sex with women in these books too? No. Okay. <laughs> no, no sex. Oh, zero out of 10. Oh, God. Oh, we got some, we're going to, we have some more pinups coming and we have like a, um, a sexy lady cover on this one done mm -hmm. by William Russell. Um, yeah. There will be some nudity later when mm. he gets to some other place, but uh, okay, saving the good stuff for later. I like it. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. It's like you got to understand who he is first before we throw him into these other situations um, to make sure you understand why he's doing the things he is. So we're still kind of we're finishing up the first act where you really get to understand Jude St. Clair, and then after mm. that, and like starting in issue five, we just start blowing things up and throwing them to the wolves um and see what he does so i just wanted to show people the um the poker cards too because this cool. is we're love gonna be out i love poker cards I, mm -hmm. I collect like beautiful decks of cards and um we came up with this in the middle of last campaign so um we did it at 100 backers then we got to 118 mm -hmm. um so every 50 backers in this campaign we're gonna release a new poker card so this was the one from last time we did the King of Hearts. We, we unlocked the Ace of Hearts and we're like three backers away from this next one. I'll flip this card over. Um, we have to start doing some number cards just because we have to. Uh, but I will, every campaign, the first card we flip will be a face card until we run out of face cards. So it's just fun. It's just fun stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I can tell that, that. when you... I can tell that when you wake up, you're thinking about your universe. You probably go to mm -hmm. the gym. You're thinking about universe. I know exactly how you feel, man. Yeah. Being able to create this stuff and just think about character interactions and how they're going to 
Are you going to progress with your writing and stuff like that? So there's mm-hmm. a few things I'll, I'm going to ask more because since you're ultra successful already at this, you just need to get to another level, which would be hopefully very soon. So there's Thank three you. main things people always bring up. Okay. So let's start here. Writing. Okay. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you write on the story itself, but you said you did most of I am yourself. The, I am the writer. Yes. How do you improve though? How do I improve writing? Yeah. Cause people always ask like, how do I get better at writing? And you write. Obviously, obviously there's, <laughs> well, yeah, it's true. <laughs> there's no like obviously one right answer because everyone has their own style. Right. But, uh, but how does a one person genuinely, generally improve from a, just an uh, uh, outsiding standpoint? I would say continue to write and I would say mm-hmm. continue um, to push yourself into different genres as well. So move your creativity because right now, like this is a Western apocalypse. Um, I'm also writing a uh, 80s slasher horror with William Russell called Psycho Sal. And I just picked up another series called Incantesi, which is a fantasy magic ballet time travel. <laughs> it's See, all that's what I think. So that's what that? I think you have really good too is uh, a lot of people in this scene have like kind of like the same genres they're tackling. Yeah. You're tackling a lot of different genres to tap yes. into like multiple different audiences, which I, I like that actually. Yeah. I, I think it helps me push my creative boundaries and then of course um, let people read it and critique it and be open to critique. Um, find someone that you value. Like in other words, someone who has done what you're doing and uh you think uh you want to uh, emulate you know what i mean like a writer that you value writing? what's that would you have your husband critique your writing no i'm like another he's not a writer he's a good spirited uh comic book reader um uh but he'll tell me what he thinks of course he'll be like wow you really did that I'd be like yes i did um <laughs> but i want to know like my writing style i'll find someone who's another writer and i will you know, what do you think? Or like review the comic book. Tell me what you think. You know, if they're like, hey, your lettering style is a bit, you know, rough. I'll be like, okay, I need to go work on my lettering. What, you know, whatever I need to do to continue to grow, I will do. So you kind of have to take your ego out of it in order to progress. If you're like, if you got a chip on your shoulder and you're like, I'm the best I can be, there is no room for growth. You're stuck where you are. There's always someone who can help you learn. Um, and by people reading it and critiquing it and giving you constructive feedback, that's what's helpful. You don't want the person that's just like, it's good. And you also don't want the person like, it sucks. <laughs> why? Yeah. Why is yeah. it good? Why does it suck? Tell me why yeah. you think that way. Why are you emotionally attached to my characters? Or you don't care about you know what I just built. If it doesn't hit with you, I want to figure out why so I can do better. Yeah, I when I was uh, tapping into some of the stuff with writing and learning like certain elements of doing it, I realized to myself when I wrote a draft of my story, this is a terrible story. I knew for myself it was bad. I didn't want to have people. I didn't want people close to me to read it not because I was embarrassed because I knew they wouldn't really give me the feedback that I was actually potentially yearning for. If, if right. it's my mom and my brother, they would just say they'd like it because it's me. Well, some people don't have the tools to do that, like. Um, I was talking to one of my neighbors and he and his wife are into like the, they're in the medical field, but Mm -hmm. one of their daughters and she's in middle school is very much into writing. Okay. And when I was talking with them and I was telling them that I'm a writer, they were just like, oh, we would love for you to meet our daughter because they read her stuff and they're like, it's great. But then she does, she asks them like, tell me more. What, 
you know, what makes it good. And they're just like, I don't know. It's great. You know what I mean? They don't have the tools to communicate <laughs> on that level. So that's why I say find another writer. So that way we can talk about um, mechanics. Like for me, the way I tell my story is decision-based. So I let, um, I do something in the, in the story and then my character has to make a decision. So he's moving the story along instead of things happening to him. Does that make, does it make sense? Yeah. I, it's where the character pushes the story, not the story pushes the character kind of thing. Correct. Yeah. That will help build your character. So people understand who they are as mm -hmm. opposed to, you know, um, I'm trying to think of a good scenario, like walking the plank. Um, a pirate makes your character walk the plank and they fall into the ocean and we pick up after that. But why? Why did he have to walk the plank? What did he do? Show us the decision that he made. Was it a good decision? Is he a bad guy? Is he a good guy? Did he get pushed off the plank because he set someone free? Or did he steal something? Like, tell me, tell me more about this character by the decisions that led up to him walking the plank. If you just show me him walking the plank, why do I care? See what I mean? Do you and that that's a weird approach because I like that approach as well. And then there's another approach that I like where from storytelling that I was experimenting with a long time ago and looking at certain movies and shows that did it where they show you the end result of what happened, but then they do a flashback and build the story around what happened before. There's that's people that like both did. styles. Yeah. Yeah. That's I like that style did. a lot because I think it creates the mystery that would build someone's interest already. Cause I because, but then that's the other approach you said earlier, which can hamper someone, which is, if you do that, sometimes if it's not a well-drawn-out scene, it's not well-written or it's not well-presented, then people go, well, why would I be invested in that random thing right. that happened? Mm -hmm. Well, that and your your character has no um, – there's no threat. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because if you see them in the future and when you go to your time jump, you know that they're safe. So even if you put them mm -hmm. in a dire situation, you're like, oh, they're going to get out. You know what I mean? Um, so you have to be careful with the time jumps. So – that's just one of the pros and you know pros and cons of yeah. telling a nonlinear yeah. story. You get that thing I, I call it a uh, no stakes itis. No stakes itis, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, people somewhat hate that and they love it depending on it's just all the style and execution that happens. Where it's like if you build dire stakes in that situation and the reader automatically knows they're not going to be hurt in this situation or they know nothing really bad will happen that'll give them this like safe feeling where you're like, I'm reading this. I enjoy it, but I know nothing bad's going to happen. So it doesn't create any tension for me. It doesn't create any stakes for me. And the way I get around that is, you know, nothing physical will happen, but you don't know emotionally what happens. There That's is true. trauma. Mm -hmm. You just don't see the physical mm -hmm. trauma. It's emotional. You know what I mean? So what happens to Jude Sinclair in this next book is devastating. Mm -hmm. It didn't leave any physical marks on his body, though. But it really determines, you know, like what happens determines the rest of the book. Like that's him on his path being determined to figure out what broke death. Um, mm -hmm. It's 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 a rough ride. Issue four is a rough ride, people. I'm sorry. <laughs> good, actually, but I, mean, I think I think people need that push now. I think people need to understand that not every story is going to have the safe way where the hero wins all the time. There's going to be moments where your hero has to take some really bad losses that'll shape his character for the next part of the story. 
I only laugh because people who have been reading my story and following know that at the end of the book, there's always something on that last page that makes you go like, dang it, Lori. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? You know, like I've had people buy issue one, you know, because they were on the fence. They're like, I'll read issue one. And if I, if I like it, I'll Mm -hmm. come back and I'll get the other ones. And they come back and they're like, how dare you? And I'm like, I'm sorry. And they're like, give me the rest. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Well, like, you have to pay money. Right, of course, I'm like, it's this much? And they're like, cool, don't talk to me. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> You're like, just, they're like, shut up and take my money. <laughs> Pretty much. And they're like, I'll be back. And I'm like, okay, I love you too. You know? Like, don't So you mentioned that you go to cons too. Are these cons yeah. generally like filled with people that are just interested in going for, I would say mainstream stuff, but is it, are these cons more dedicated to like the indie-ish people that like yourself? Yeah, um, Cons can be varied. Um, the one I just did was Cowtown Comic Con in Fort Worth. And mm-hmm. you could get everything from, you can get a lightsaber. Um, you could get a plushie. You could get uh, original art from artists who are selling prints. And then there's people like myself that are writers and creators and have copies of books. And so people just go around and they get, you know, what interests them. Some people are more, I've had people buy my covers because they're interested in the art. And I've had people buy my the whole set of books because they want to read the story. Um, some people just, you know, want the pretty stuff, and that's cool. Um, maybe yeah, for someday. me that happens a lot too. What yeah. makes me initially get a book is the cover art. Yeah, some, but I've had people buy like I only yeah. want this cover, and I'm like, that's issue three. Do you want to read issue one and two? And they're like, no, I just want this cover. And I'm like, great, here you are. <laughs> I can't do that. For me, I can't. If I start a story midway, and I don't know what the fuss going on. They um, don't read it though. They they collect it for the art. So I mean, again, it just depends on what people are looking for. Yeah. Um, I love going to cons with Marco De Filo. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to Arlington uh, Fan Fest this. Fan days, Arlington fan days this weekend. Mm-hmm. So Saturday and Sunday. And it's great because I have the books and he has the art. So we get, you know, everybody that come, most of everybody that comes to the table mm-hmm. wants what we have. It's just one or the other. What do you want? Do you want art prints or do you want to read a story? Yeah. Um, so it's great. And we hang out together. I, I like that approach you have because I think you have you have the best approach where it's an all well thought out with the audience because good to understand this not every audience member is the same and treating every audience yes. member as the same is i think just creatively destruction amongst people because like you mentioned earlier those people out there they don't care if it's book three they try right. because it looks pretty cool that yep. customers value too because they're willingly giving you money because they like what you presented in front of them hey, and man, they should be treated supporting. no differently than someone they're that supporting. wants to just read the story yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and i love everybody it's just like i said like if you want to come back for a dollar or five God bless you and thank you. You're on the thank you page. You have a place in my heart. It doesn't matter the dollar amount to me. Um, the support is what matters to me because when we Kickstarter, um, not everybody comes from the same place and has the same amount of funds that they can give. Uh, but if you're willing to give something, that's what matters. And we appreciate that. The Kickstarter is the most important time for us because that guarantees that we can continue making the book. Um mm-hmm. That's the most important time. And if you're interested in the story, please come to the Kickstarter and take a look around. Um, you can get everything um, on this page, which is great. So, uh, and again, I, I, we have a fun time. Go go watch the welcome video. Go watch the blooper reel. Go watch the mm-hmm. short films and see all the shenanigans that we do. Because even though the story is dark, 
and we we go some dark places, we make sure we we spend some time laughing. You know what I mean? Because we smash pumpkins and mm-hmm. we do all sorts of crazy stuff. We have secret rewards, which you never know what you're getting, but it's something handcrafted from me that's a little warped. Um, mm-hmm. I have fun. I have fun doing this. Um, the day I stop having fun, I will stop. So Still I, I know, you know how storytelling goes. So you're a writer yourself. It's easy to start something relatively, I think, give or take, mm-hmm. right? This is the saying. It's easy to start something. It's hard to finish it. Do you have the ending of the story in mind? Yes. Yes. Would you be, are you going to be emotionally uh, strung up when you have to finish that final issue out? Oh, there's a few moments where I, when I, I put them down, I'm just going to be like, oh, shh, Nikes. Um, there's some <laughs> really, like even the beginning pages of number four, when I saw what Marco and Matt put together, I was just like, this breaks my heart. And they're like, you wrote it. And I was like, it still <laughs> breaks my heart. Um, there is an end to this series. And I think that it's very important uh, for a well-crafted story because every issue that we produce has a purpose. We're taking us closer and closer to that final resolution. In my mind, and this is how I explain it, it's breaking bad versus lost. Breaking bad was a well-crafted ending. You got fan service. You got resolution. Everybody felt great watching that last episode they wrapped everything up nicely everybody felt great lost we didn't know what the heck was going on that's because it's jj abrams and he's a talentless hack but i think (laughs) they were like okay we're gonna keep writing until the network tells us to stop there wasn't really an ending in mind it was just like okay write another one they're like now we're in a zoo and i'm like what (laughs) you know what i mean like how many how many episodes did it take to open the hatch like come on you know what i mean Mm -hmm. there was so many there was so much fluff and things that made no sense it was mm-hmm. meandering. I hate fluff. I will never meander. So every issue you get is pushing us towards mm-hmm. the resolution of this story. And it's it's going to take us a while to get there because, again, it's 12 issues in every arc. So and there's three arcs. So, so as you're all dedicated to Path of Exile right now, <laughs> sorry, Path of Pale Rider, oh, my God, my brain is fried. Like, that actually might be accurate. <laughs> <laughs> The other genres you wanted to tap into, do you have like rough drafts for these other stories you yes. want to tell? Yes. But Absolutely. you're not dedicating as much time to them because this is the first thing you want to make sure gets done first. Correct. No, I have like, um, I wrote another uh, like short form story for the production company I was with in Detroit. It's hmm. called The Agency and it's, um, they were shorts, but we could very easily turn that into a comic book and it's a six issue arc. And I have two seasons of that written with a third in mind. I would love to revisit that one. I have a much, it's bigger than Path of, well, I don't know. It might be equal to Path of the Pale Rider. Uh, Paranormal series. It's kind of like in the world of John Constantine kind of thing. But I mean, like a new idea could strike me any day. I am involved with other creator-owned projects like Psycho Cell. And William Russell has other things in mind. Um, there's plenty of things out there for me to continue writing. So I'm not going anywhere. And even when we finish Path of the Pale Ride, I'll be freaking 85 and going to the cons <laughs> and this crazy old lady with a skull shirt. Um, like, back in my day. Back in my day, we kickstarted this. Yeah. Um, who knows, right? Um, anything, anything could happen. But I would love to continue writing. I got lots of ideas. Um, I'll be producing short films. I'll be writing these riddles. 
um, and having fun while I'm doing it. And in the meantime, I'll be raising my family and doing the whole thing there too. So like I said, I will quit the day I stop having fun. I'm still having fun. I'm going to continue. Yeah, same here. So I told people the way I stop doing this is the moment I just give up on everything and stop having fun. <laughs> but then again, not everything. Kind of, to be fair, this is my life. So I really can't give up technically. It's like a love hate relationship <laughs> some days. Because you ever had days? Because I remember there's people another oh. couple of Iron Age problems where there are some days they feel like they don't get a backer or whatever goes on. It happens. Um, I'm in that plateau stage right now. I'm coming into the last 10 days. Um, usually the last week it kind of picks up. You'll see like mm -hmm. uh, with a Kickstarter, it's usually like the first couple days are your biggest days. And then like that first week there's movement and then it slows down for like the middle week or two. You get maybe one or two backers a day. Um, if you're lucky, you get more. There's some days you get none and that's just normal. Um, and I really have to um, do my best to not let it play with my mind. And yeah, emotions. I think that's what happens with a lot of creators too. Is as I've been doing content creation specifically since like 2015, and I've had other creative endeavors too, like well, attempting to write my own stuff, but that mm -hmm. was not good. Where you have to, people need to understand a, a very common thing is not everything you do is gonna be a home run, right? You know? It's you're gonna have times where it doesn't perform as well. Like I I now been putting out more YouTube videos myself, and some do better than others, but that's just how the that's how the dice roll, as you know, poker. That's just you, mm -hmm. you, what's the thing in poker the saying is you get the hand you're dealt with you yes play the hand you're dealt yeah that's the saying right that's how it you might be able to bluff your way out of one or two but <laughs> can't bluff forever yeah and that's the thing that people don't understand is that you take it one day at a time in those days where it's going to be amazing you're going to have like oh my god it's the best thing ever and those days you're going to be like i'm going to quit right now <laughs> yeah and i mean we're all subject to that it just mm -hmm. depends on what's going on in your life and um the difference is is do you do you take a moment and take a deep breath and say, okay, that day sucked. We'll see what tomorrow has and pick mm -hmm. yourself up and do it some more. Or do you say like, I'm out, I'm done. It, and what I always tell um, creators, because there's a lot of us that, that get fed up and just want to take a break. And I said, take a break, take a break. Absolutely. Take a hiatus. Um, mm -hmm. If that's where you're at, but just remember you can always come back just because you say I'm done today doesn't mean that in two years from now, you can't be like, you know what? I really want to do more comics and come back. There's always time to change. Because you said you started in image comics, actually. No, 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 no. Then, no. Right? I didn't. Well, reading image comics. Reading, yeah. reading, yes. Yeah. So what made you kind of stop reading comic books in general? Because you're all focused on this now. But there was probably a time period where you're like, I'm done buying this garbage. <laughs> no, we still read comics. We still read okay. comics. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh -huh. Right now I'm reading a lot of indie comics because that's what I do. Um, so I, I learn from my peers. I, I support mm -hmm. indie very much. Um, mm -hmm. I'm a little choosier now than when I started. I was just backing everything willy nilly because I wanted to see. But now it's like I can I can get a little choosier and see, you know, um, what projects I want to read. But um, it's great to see what that? other people are doing. What? What is your criteria for that, for backing a product? Like what would make you initially – kind of want to back one since so you say you're good more art, choosy now good art um uh interesting story and i mean like a lot of times i'll give them a shot and see 
But like, for example, um, a buddy of mine is doing a dark wrestling comic book called Razor Wire McGuire. And uh, I'm not really into wrestling, but I am yeah. into dark stories. So mm-hmm. why not? I uh, I backed it. I want to see what's going to happen in the story. I told him not to spoil anything for me because I want to read it for myself. You never know. Um, you know, what's... Um... I, I, I backed one for uh, Brett, Vigilante's Creed, Returner. He's out there doing his thing. Okay. The Gargoyle Story guy. Yeah, he came on and oh, yeah, yeah. he had really great artwork. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's take a chance. So he Good gave it up these days. And the book's gonna come out the end of the month, and I was like, okay, yeah. I told him, hey man, because he's he's been going through that sometimes too, of like not having a backer, and he feels kind of down. I was like, hey man, it's just how it goes sometimes. It's how it goes. Yeah. yeah, and he there was this back and forth yesterday with like criticism on a weird angle on someone's end, and it's just how this space works, you know, with certain people. Yeah. Some people have really dumb criticism that don't make any sense, even if they are. But some have really thought out ones, and it's just like I said before, you gotta just take the good with the bad and the ugly. Exactly. Is- and I mean, like, <laughs> you just take it for what it's worth. And if it's a, just a troll, just delete it and move on. Don't engage. I mean, like, if you engage mm-hmm. with the trolls, and they're everywhere, I've had trolls, um, they just show up and they say dumb stuff and they just try to push your buttons. And it's like, okay, delete. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I, don't I, have, I don't have time. I don't have time for that. I really don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I've also mentioned yeah, people you- as well. Not everyone's criticism is like good, nor should it be valid. And I think that's another conversation people don't have enough is if someone is only just hammering a, a person's story because it's not like someone else's, I like valid. I'm not, I'm not right. be like, of course it's not going to be. I, for for me, I used to be that way back in the day. I'm not, I, I, everyone probably went through this. I'm guilty of myself. I had to grow out of that. Now, like, wait a minute, because I, I I've seen that kind of person before, and I think that's something that no one bring bringing up constantly, which is. If people are giving a criticism and it's fair in their own opinion, that's everyone's right. opinion. But the thing that people need to understand with their criticism, if your first line is it's not like what someone else's thing was, I I I am sorry, I told right now, right here, I kind of disregard that because that's limiting that literally hinders storytelling. If it's right, because that, that means you're inherently boxing everyone else into this type of storytelling. And if it's not like this, then that means it's bad. And it's like, I, I can't take that as real. That's just right. trolling at that point, you know? Yeah. And honestly, it's just like, I, I again, I don't have time for that. You can either read my story um, and enjoy what we're putting out. If it's not for you, God bless you. Find something that is. Read something you'll like. Only There's fans. a ton of indie. <laughs> all about that. Yeah, I was like, it was like, maybe you need to do, you want to do an OnlyFans to uh, help uh, fund your comic book? And I was like, only if I could put other people's feet on there. Would that work? And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, then I'm out. Um, you know, yeah. Oh, but again, it's just, and- you know, there's so much good indie out there right now. And mm-hmm. India is where you're going to find like the good character story. Um, mm-hmm. You're not going to get like the reboots and the resets and the, mm-hmm. you know, la, 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 resetting the character. That's all those legacy characters. And they're great too. But, you know, that's what you're going to find with indie is new, original, edgy, you know, mm-hmm. um, thought out stories. So give them a shot. See what you think. And definitely go check out Path of the Pale Rider. Can I Please show people do. the first two seconds of my welcome video? Uh, Yes, you can. Ready? We really have no idea. Oh, Lord. There you go. I just wanted to show people that. There's lots more that comes after that. <laughs> <laughs> Two months later, after a guy almost killed me. <laughs> that- uh-huh. <laughs> oh. 
Okay. I like that. So, All um, right. Set the that's stage. That's the kind of fun we have. So uh, I promise you, if you watch that, you will giggle. Um, someone might lose an eye. I don't know. You never know. <laughs> oh, God. And the last thing I wanted to, that just took my breath away. Holy crap. You just got absolutely destroyed. <laughs> right. Uh, but that's the thing. Uh, also, creating content around the stuff that you're building up as well helps. Because there's some people out there that just market on Twitter and newsflash anyone. Tweets, like retweets and quote tweets and likes are not sales. Okay? That's... No. Yeah. No. Good Lord. Be pretty sure people are finding it the hard way. I have 10... I have 50 likes. That'll be 50 customers. That's probably like nothing at the end of the grand scheme of things. <laughs> no. Nah, I have a TikTok channel. I posted something today. I have 861 watches in like 30 minutes. But then how many new backers did I get in that time? Zero. Thousand. You know what I mean? So everybody's watching, but... How many, mm -hmm. it's ultimately the, the traffic that it drives to your website or a Kickstarter or something. So um, we got to do lots of different things to be creative. If you get one, that's a win. But Right. And that's why I told people, even if I collab with someone and I literally just get another sub or whatever, just one person, mm -hmm. that that's where it matters. Because I, I got a person that didn't notice me before. And the last thing I'll ask you before you head out, because I know you have to head out, you got more, um, you know. I got another show to go on. Woohoo! Net networking. <laughs> oh, God. Networking and podcasting. God, isn't this the best thing ever when you're sitting here on your third show? I love it, people. <laughs> God, I'm not drunk at all. Woo! Okay. <laughs> That's so, best. Any shout outs you want to give to anyone in particular and anything else you want to say before we head out? Yes. If you are a content creator uh, like the two of us, um, there is on the Madness Comic Network right now, we are building a Roku channel. Um, so that way YouTube can't just shut down your channel and make you start over and lose all your monetization or copyright claims on Facebook that happens every week on my show. Someone tries to claim my content. Um, the Roku channel is where we avoid all of that. There is immediate monetization as well. So if you are interested uh, in community and uh, um, an opportunity to become uh, a member of a Roku channel from the beginning, um, please go to my Kickstarter page and scroll all the way to the bottom. There's a section called friends with campaigns. Um, mm -hmm. Click on the one. Let me put it back up for just a second. Yeah. Mr. Pops is he doing some good work out there. I like his idea. Yeah, that's he does amazing that's another... work. There's like 40, there's 40 different shows on our channel, but this right here is the Roku network. Um, you can click right here. I will share this tab instead. And here it is. Here's the Roku. Um, and there's so many things that you can choose from, you know, to help us. The gangster goblin thing you got going on. But <laughs> if you you are a content creator, you can bring your previous shows to the Roku as well. You can upload all of your content if you want to. And that's amazing. And it's pretty cheap. So if you're looking for um, a new home, there's that as well. So that's my shout out for the night is go check out that. I um please go look at anything that's in my recommended uh, friends with campaigns. If you here's like, here's that razor wire McGuire. That's the dark mm -hmm. wrestling. There's zombies. There's horror um, there. Uh, this one is almost ending and it's great. I'm, I want to get this bulletproof chicken. It looks amazing. <laughs> I'll just back to this today. Um, yeah. There's this demon bitch, which is hilarious. There's a kid's story in there. That's um, demon bitch meets uh, Mr. F word. 
And then this Welcome to Scarlet, which is about a live streamer who gets sucked into a video game. There's amazing stuff in indie. Um, go check it out. Go check it out. And that's all I got to say. Um, last thing I have to say is in the apocalypse, swords don't run out of bullets. <laughs> also, I also would love to say indie creators out there, you know, try and break the mold. Try different ideas. Try different approaches. You know, Pops' idea of doing the Roku channel. That's where the media that's having that media angle to it is also something that the scene needs or you need a media angle to it because, well, the way the mainstream media got big, big is actually utilizing the media. So that'd be nice to have a media angle to this <laughs> zone, actually. You know, and that's what it's for people. It's about if you can't beat them, join them. But yeah, like literally, if you can't beat them, join them. If you have your own media and your own like separate economy, then they can't control you at all. You know, you right. we can have like your own movie premieres, right? Like, a, let's say it's a scene made enough money or whatever you made enough money, you could just fund your own animation of, you know, Path of the Pale Rider. Oh, we, God, that would be premiere, awesome. That would be so premiere, cool. You can invite me. You can invite whoever you want. But it doesn't have to be this professional suits and ties things. It's got to be the executive stuff. No, we just do our own thing. That's what I want to tell you. We do our own movies and stuff. We do our own thing. You get our own movie premieres, our own way of doing things. Fuck whatever that trash they're pushing on people, you know? Agreed. And also in Texas, uh, if you have a gun, uh, please may, make sure don't go and be retarded because people in Texas do not play that shit. They will actually shoot you. <laughs> Are you in Texas too? No, I'm California. Yeah, okay, I'm I've in learned, Texas. <laughs> I've learned in Texas that I'm in Texas. Play, we will shoot you. <laughs> if you play around with guns, people do not play. Like there was no, a guy that came in. Down here. There was a guy Every... that came in and try, who tried to rob a fucking restaurant, oh, and the people just all pulled the gun. Right, you saw the video, right? The guy just. People are like that's kind of aggressive. Yeah, they're the one aggressive. People protecting their lives. They're the aggressive ones. It's it's Crazy. constitutional carry here. So, and you, you're probably you're probably also a Cowboys fan and a Spurs fan as well. You know, <laughs> I didn't say that. I don't I don't follow any sport. <laughs> I don't. Um, someone was like, "Oh, the Rangers," and I'm like, "Good for them." They're like, "You don't follow?" And I was like, "I don't I don't do sports." They're like, "I'm drawing God Cowboys." And zombie bears. That's right. I do lots of nerd stuff. Like I'm watching Ashoka and I'm like, I just finished watching the new Castlevania, which was amazing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in, I'm there. I'm not watching the sports games. Sorry. Well, we'll see you guys later. Have a great night, everybody.